This is Unsocial Spectators with Clay Harrison and Mark Ramsey. And uh, you can find us at unsocialspectators.com and also at unspectators on Twitter. Uh, Welcome to episode 71 of Unsocial Spectators. Hey now. Hello. How's it going, man? Pretty good. How's your foot doing? It's good. Yeah. It's still you, there. It's still there. Do you do you have it elevated somehow? Yeah. Not right now, but oh. most of the day. Oh. Yeah. For my knees, I actually have like a thing under my desk that I put my feet up on. Otherwise, my knees get real bad. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Old Band Hour with Clay and Mark. Hi, we're old. We're g- <laughs> later. We're gonna yell at clouds. <laughs> so, so are you? This week we watched Mako, the Jaws of Death. Yes, this the the way I came about this is uh, Shelby and I love like. Uh, old horror exploitation movies uh, anything that like arrow video puts out yeah we uh we usually will like borrow from half price books and the box set of the director uh william Geffay came in and she goes do you want to you want to borrow this and i'm like yeah and uh, it has almost all his films an incredible documentary um this guy was kind of the asylum uh, of movies before Asylum existed that did like knockoffs. So like he does brag that Mako is he wrote that before Jaws that that existed before Jaws. That's his yeah <laughs> exactly exactly. Sure. Um, but it's it's a wild ass movie. Like I watched a uh, I I watched it and then watched a documentary about it. Uh-huh. And so. It just told me all these things about the movie that were wild because in the movie, there's a guy who is saved by sharks while he's in Vietnam. Did you ever get that they that he was in Vietnam when that happened? Uh, no, I didn't think it was Vietnam. I thought he said it was uh, like the Philippines or something. Oh, was it the Philippines? Oh, I think yeah. I that that I totally missed that part because I was like. Watching him being saved by these sharks as they create the bond in the film. I mean, you know, they it, didn't really save him. Uh, the other guys were coming after him. And uh, because they found some gold, remember? And uh, they were diving in a ship and found some gold. And these guys were coming after him because they didn't want anybody to uh be able to finger him but uh he he jumped in the water and the shark swam by him and And killed the other guys yeah and then he got out of the water and and uh just so happened to be right in front of the the king of of the shark gods or something yeah (laughs) and uh they, he gave him an amulet so yes. the sharks won't eat him. But and he can they, communicate with them. Yeah, but they didn't eat him before he had the amulet. So, yeah. plot <laughs> hole. It is, it is a batshit crazy movie with yeah. a guy who can talk to sharks. He cares so much about the sharks. Uh, and... I recognize the actor because he had done like a lot of movies and TVs and TV in the seventies. Uh-huh. Apparently, like two years before this movie, he had been nominated for an Oscar. Oh from wow! A, yeah, from a Paul Newman movie. But uh, listening to the director, he said it was like the worst first day he ever had on a set because he said the uh, he had three things fail. He went. To, he was setting up to shoot underwater with uh, a new cameraman. Uh, the cameraman. Uh, dropped the camera. They had no camera for the day. They had a boat that they were supposed to use and it ended up on a sand barge and it was going to take them, I think they said 20 hours to get it out. (laughs) 
And then the lead actor, the guy who gets the amulet, uh, was going to the proc truck and he jumped into it and gashed his head open and had to had to go to the hospital with 10 stitches in his head. And so all the rest of the movie, I was trying to see if we could ever see those stitches when when he's underwater because he's underwater so much. But he came back like the next day and was just ready to go. Like he was just gung ho about the project. So he was just excited to do it. But this is this is like that low budget area of like there isn't a lot of safety on set. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All his films had fucking terrible accidents. So, like, I'm watching the documentary, and um, they even they even show this one scene because he had a film that he did with uh, William Shatner, where uh, remember the guy that played Odd Jobs in um, uh, the James Bond movies? Yeah, he's in this movie. Yeah, he's a regular in his movies, and so he was having this scene with Shatner, and Odd Job was supposed to be hanging, but actually he was hanging. Like, they had rigged up this body thing that was going to hold him. And they showed the clip in the documentary of the dude choking. Wow. And and Shatner's acting until he realizes this guy's really choking. And then you see Shatner lift up Odd Job. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. I got to tell you, man, this documentary is insane. This dude had no safety at all. So, like, there are scenes that you see in the bar where they had these, this was a very Florida thing. They said that to have mermaids swimming behind the bar and put on these shows. Mm -hmm. And so they had this actress who did this and she was, there was supposed to be a scene where she's supposed to uh, be attacked by a shark and they had a shark wrangler. But this, this is where this guy's pretty sketchy because he used to abuse a lot of animals on set for the sounds of it. Like, they ripped out all the teeth of this shark. They had kept him out of water. They thought he was dead. Wow. And so when they put him in the water, the shark wrangler freaked out because he started moving and was alive. And so when you see the, the shark latch onto the mermaid actress, that's really happening. He just doesn't have any teeth because they had pulled all his teeth out. And she is freaking out because she thought he was dead and that the wrangler was just going to be moving this dead fish through scenes to make it scary <laughs> and wow. she had actually been attacked. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, it, every one of these fucking movies, man had uh, like, he does a movie that was cause Willard was big at the time. So he does a movie with this native American who has pet snakes huh. <laughs> and he would just send the snakes to go kill these people. And so in scenes, basically they sewed the snakes mouth shut pulled their fangs out so they couldn't bite like just real horrible stuff. And there's even stuff in the movie where uh, you see snakes like being killed, but the ant, but they interviewed the animal wrangler who claimed like, nah, you know, like we, I had a bunch of just dead snakes and I would cut them up and put them on set to make it look like there was more dead stuff. But uh, the stuff they show was wild. This guy had no real like rule, morality in his filming because he would take he he bought this he was at one of these hydroplane uh, races Uh and he sees this guy on a hydroplane take off and through the race the front end of that ship picks up and you see him fall out and then the ship just comes back down and crushes it kills the guy they, everyone and everyone's freaking out in the audience. I can't believe this has happened. And he turns around and he looks and he sees there was a guy on top of a van filming it. He buys the footage from that guy so that he can use that as like stock footage in a film. Well, it's just it's a snuff film though. Yeah, yeah. And he would he just wrote a whole film around like you know, and then they would end up at this race, and then this would happen, and he would be able to use that footage. Like, it's weird because it's like, dude, you're like kind of confessing to like, I mean, that's a crime, isn't it? You know, yeah. to use, yeah, and, and and all the animal stuff. But uh, this film had like just, I guess, sharks with no teeth. Uh, they'd be pulled and the, and the actor was swimming with them most of the time. Real live sharks. But, yeah, uh, but. Uh... Scary as fuck. 
Was he fucking sharks? No. No. Are you sure? (laughs) I don't know, man. I don't know. Didn't he impregnate that Matilda? Is that how the baby sharks were supposed to have come about? That's they said that in the movie at one point. Oh fuck! I totally missed that. No, like, but I don't know if it was in his mind or whatever. But the, when he's holding the dead baby uh, shark, he's just bawling. Yeah, yeah, and I thought that that was just him, his him connecting with. Uh... Dude, I couldn't figure out what the hell was going on. <laughs> And and then you had the bar owner. How the bar owner married the mermaid, I have no idea. He looked like the guy from Porky's. Yeah, he was was ginormous. And it was like every scene required him to have his shirt off or have his shirt open. Which was a little weird. It was pretty weird. But wait a minute, we're glossing over the weirdest oh. part of the movie. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the woman who is almost raped by uh-huh. these two henchmen of her boss is saved by the shark guy. But then she's just kind of casual about the rape, and so is he. And he's uh-huh. like, hey, look, you know, I'm just here to save sharks. You can just fuck off and walk home if you want. You know, right. he was just really crass about it. And then she was just really like, oh, yeah, like these two henchmen that work for my boss casually kind of rape, tried to rape me, and then doesn't even like freak out about it. Or have uh, any I, don't, sort I, of... I don't think he that they worked for him. They were just his friends and best customers. Oh, customers, yeah. yeah. I just thought that there were things that he was high, he had them do, too. No, the uh, the scientist had them do that stuff. Mm. God, I'm having such a brain fart. I watched so much of his stuff that it's just wild. He did a, he did a um, knockoff of, uh, what's the Ned Beatty, uh, uh, Burt Reynolds film? Deliverance? Deliverance. He did a Deliverance knockoff called Whiskey Mountain. Uh, did they? Did somebody squeal on that one? <laughs> I don't know, but they do. That they, they did interview the stuntman who worked on set, and he goes, he goes. They had a bridge that they're going to blow up, and I have to jump the bridge, but I have no practice, and they're just giving me six thousand bucks. <laughs> Hey, that's a lot of money back then. No shit. No shit. I mean, there was just all these movies had wild stories. There was like, uh, uh, who is it? The Sting of Death has this jellyfish man who is, who looks like a Doctor Who villain. And the guy who played the jellyfish man, like, had an air hose that went to the back because it inflated the. Right. It gave him oxygen, but it also inflated the head that looks like the jellyfish. And uh, somebody turned off the oxygen machine during the shoot, and his head started to deflate, and he started to suffocate. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, like all these films. Ta- oh, but you're going to look. So when old actors like go to just do movies to keep working, this was a guy they would see because uh, he, he did a movie with Mickey Rooney when in the seventies called the Godmothers, And it was Mickey Rooney wanting to do a Godfather for kids. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. He felt like all the kids that didn't get to see the Godfather would see this movie instead. Dude. It is the most offensive thing. Like you remember in uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's, the Asian character he plays. Oh yeah. Oh, he does it again in this one. Not only and he doubles down on it. So they're interviewing the director about it, and he said, "Yeah, Mickey Rourke would just come up with these wild scenes." He goes, "Here's eight pages. We're gonna film on Tuesday." And uh, just hand- uh, Mickey Rooney. 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 <laughs> and. Uh, um, so he goes, he goes, so we had this scene that we, we were going to shoot in a Chinese restaurant. So we had to get a Chinese restaurant to let them use during hours. And so we have uh, ever, we had this Chinese restaurant that we've, we've cornered off a room to shoot in. 
and in walks Mickey Rooney and the co-star in the Asian getup. Oh, like no. they've the teeth, they've done the makeup on the eyes. He's wearing they're both wearing like kimonos. And the people who rented the restaurant were there watching while this happened. And he goes, they would just start making noise while we were shooting. He goes, they just bang dishes and be loud and talk. And they were, he goes, they were just so pissed off at what these guys had done and dressed up like. So, wow. Yeah. So this, this opened me up to like a whole bunch of new exploitation films that are fucking wild that this guy did uh, that are worth checking out. Mako is weird, but like, I'd say it's worth checking out because it's just got a high creep factor to it. Yeah, it's, well, you're never going to see a movie like it. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're never going to see anything like it. Uh, And in fact, in fact, this guy worked with uh, rich people. Like, you know how uh, Warner Brothers like tanked the Batgirl movie for tax purposes? Oh, yeah. This this guy made movies for that reason. Like he he had rich investors who would help make movies that were that were gonna tank so that the rich oh. people could profit from the tax write-off. Oh, like the producers. Exactly. That's exactly what they compared it to. And so making uh, movies so bad that they'd lose money. Yeah. But in the beginning, like it's it's to sell to like drive-in theaters and stuff. So it's it's it was a regional thing because he only did movies in Florida. Most of them were in the swamp. He, you've got snakes, you've got sharks, you've got hillbilly folk, you've got all this shit that he just shot there. And so it was like this regional exploitation type of film. And uh, it was pretty wild because like one of his last films that he did was with Don Johnson. Who played like a Vietnam vet with PTSD and he was like, and that movie got him Miami Vice. And so yeah. he, yeah, he goes, he goes, uh, they saw it before it was released. And he goes, so when Miami Vice hit, uh, the, the movie that he had done with Don Johnson dropped on video and he goes, it was hugely successful because Miami Vice had been uh, playing so well. Uh, Florida man productions. This dude is Florida man. This it is wild. Like you go through all the story. Oh, uh, the the movie he did with uh, uh, the Godmothers, Billy Barty's in that. So it's worth the documentary to see Billy Barty again acting, do, uh, doing <laughs> doing a mobster. Look, uh, look, I met Billy Barty uh, when I was a kid. Um, probably one of the weirdest dudes. Well, I'm a kid, and you meet this. I mean. Billy yeah. Barty, you know. Yeah. Yeah. My my parents made hair pieces for him. Oh yeah, but yeah. Yeah. So uh, I was taller than him when I met him. I think. I bet. I mean, he was not a very tall guy. I I love Billy Barty. He oh did, yeah. Like so many great movies I saw growing up that you just you know like uh, Under the Rainbow. Oh <laughs> you my can't God. see that. Uh, I uh, wish you could see that somewhere. If we could, if if I track down a copy of it, that's what we're going to rewatch and just see uh, how inappropriate it is. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, that Chevy Chase, uh, Carrie Fisher, Billy Barty. I'm trying to remember who I know. Shit, I can't remember some of the other actors in it because it really is just watching uh, drunk little people you know, partying and, sure. and, and trying to get it on. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> like the end scene from freaks. <laughs> Just a big party. Uh, yeah. Google gobble. Yeah. So, but if you ever can track down or find a cheap copy of this, uh, William Griffey collection, like the, it's worth it. I, I will say the worst part though, is when they interview him his voice is really gruff. And so I turned on subtitles and the subtitles didn't work. So it's hard to understand him at times because he's got that smoker's voice. But the dude has a wild ass career. It's just fascinating. I mean, he obviously was like not an artist about it. It was a job. Sure. Uh, At at the end of his career, uh, you used to could not advertise alcohol on television. 
And so he made these Bacardi movies. And he, yeah, he was friends with William Shatner. So these were like 30 minute Bacardi movies that just heavily, like, like it would be like basically an infomercial type thing, but with a story around it and Bacardi being like the key element of it. And uh, yeah, that's, that's weird. huh? Yeah. Very much a product of its time. And it was just, he goes, yeah. And I was still friends from with William Shatner. And he said, sure. And so we made like nine 30 minute movies for Bacardi. (laughs) And, uh, and he even talks about like, you know, trying to come up with this short story to do it. And he goes, so I just like went to Kmart and bought him some clothes and you see William Shatner wearing this like really awful pirate suit. (laughs) Yeah. He's in Granimals. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, I've never seen William Shatner just take a check. Oh, shit. Yeah, I know. I I saw a thread on Reddit this past week. It was like, who's the worst celebrity you've ever met? And, and William Shatner was the most upvoted person. Yeah, I met him once. Just an asshole. And he just be- he believes his own hype. Well, uh, a kid came to pick him up for a con, and uh, he showed up, and he was complaining that the kid had a dirty car. I mean, odds are that kid volunteered, and is and of course he did. Is it getting paid? You're not, you know, you're not high rolling it here, Shatner. Jesus. Yeah, but he charged 80 bucks a signature, you know. Yeah. I know I know I know the most I've ever seen him do was like 300 bucks for like it was like a VIP package. And it wasn't much interaction either and I was like well, who the fuck's paying not. it but somebody would pay it. Yeah, he was a dick. He's still yeah. a dick. He was he was the guy on Saturday Night Live who said get a life and then turned it into profit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, because back then, cons didn't, like, if you went to a con, you know, you weren't giving up front money. You you know, it wasn't the same deals that, that people get now where it's a guarantee of certain amount of money for autographs and shit. He was just a, he was just a bad actor trying to make some cash. Uh, so, what else did you watch this week? Uh... I binged. Uh, well, actually, actually, I want to talk about this one first because I, I, I haven't been touching my uh, uh, letterbox account, but I did do a review for this movie because it's so fucking bad. Netflix has a movie called The Outlaws uh-huh. with a- Adam Devine from Workaholics, who I love. It has Pierce Brosnan. Uh, um, oh my God, Ellen Barkin. It it has it is the anti comedy of the year. It has zero laughs. In fact, there's a scene where Adam punts like a mini pincher, you know, like a small dog. And that's supposed to be funny. And it's so like, it's so embarrassingly like void of humor. Yet I see it, you know, Netflix saying it's a trending comedy. It's one of the top movies, you know. Dude, this is one of the worst fucking movie. And I and what bums me out is is I fell asleep the first time trying to watch it, and so I was like, "Well, I'll just put it on and try to finish it," and was just mad at myself for doing it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like because but... my buddy Daniel watched it, and he goes, "Yeah, I fell asleep too." He goes, "But I didn't care to turn it back on to finish it because I just didn't care about it." Yeah, that's too bad. I like Adam Divine though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like he does really good stuff, but like uh, I know Righteous Gemstones, he still has uh, John Goodman. You know, he probably does all the heavy carrying on that show. Yeah, Gemstones is. Uh, I'm watching that right now. That's uh, probably. I'm looking forward to the episode that comes out tonight. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, the latest season's been really good. I watched. Nothing but trouble. Yes. I've never I... seen it before. Oh shit, you've never seen Yeah, it is a batshit crazy movie that totally was in... crazy. 
it was inspired like Dan Aykroyd was inspired by Hellraiser. <laughs> what? Hellraiser helped make this movie. He was inspired by Hellraiser. I've read about this that like that and then a weird he had like a weird encounter very similar to the story where he got a ticket in a small town and had to go to a judge's house. That scenario actually played out, but Hellraiser really inspired him to make this movie. What, the uh, special effects, you think? Creepiness, yeah, yeah. the high creep factor, all that uh, kind of... The bone... Uh, what is it? The bone stripper? Oh, God. <laughs> I, Dude, and the other thing I've read about this is this was a film where Chevy Chase really just like slung his dick all over the place just thinking he was the star... And just shit in the end, like I'd read, he shit on Demi Moore. Like he just was like, just the he, biggest he was of dicks. Being uh, Chevy Chase, being himself, yeah. But this is where I've read the most stories of just him being an utter asshole. Yeah, Taylor Negron was good in it. Oh yeah, he's always, yeah. always. Yeah. Somebody order pizza. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Then I watched. Catwoman. I love Catwoman for the wrong reasons. It's so bad. Yeah. But what about that basketball scene? Okay. Why? Why does it exist? It's so weird. It's just fucking awful. Uh, The whole movie, I'm like, I can get through it. I can get through it. I can get through it. it. It's it's just a matter of like going, why would they make this choice? Why would they have, like, especially in the basketball scene, because you could obviously tell that that is not Halle Berry. Of course. Right? It's probably one of the best uh, transitions to a stunt person I've seen that, that you could just obviously tell. I yeah. mean, other than if they just made the stunt person white. Yeah, and the the... Uh, special effects are terrible. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just just bad. What year was that? I think uh, 2004 or something like that. Wow, that's just, I mean, 2004, yeah. You're, and, and, and it's like just four years away from Nolan doing uh, uh, The Dark Knight. And so Batman Begins has been out. <laughs> And then 2008 had Iron Man, but you had this Catwoman turd. Yeah, it's it's pretty fun. I'd never seen it, so I I I felt like I had to. It was free, so yeah. I I do love uh, the other ballsy part of this is that uh, Halle Berry was nominated for a Razzie for it, mm-hmm. so she took her Oscar and accepted the Razzie at the, the Razzies. Had a speech and everything, and was very. I think you could find it online. I'm pretty sure because she, she, she fucking hams it up, so it's worth it. Well, that that's good that she's not, you know, pissed off. A lot of Razzie people get mad, you know. Yeah, and I mean, she she's like, I'm playing a fucking, I'm playing Catwoman. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So, uh, anything else you've been watching? I watched this movie, Vivarian, and I wanted you to watch it because I wanted to talk about it, but it's a, a Netflix deal. Uh-huh. Uh, because so I, I looked it up, and so this movie dropped March 2020, right in the middle of COVID. So it only made like $400,000. Yeah. It's got Jesse Eisenberg, who I'm always kind of iffy about. I never know if, you know, uh, he's never a selling point. Right. But... Uh, and, and him and Imogene Poots. She and I remember her from Twenty Eight uh, Months Later. I know she's done other stuff, but I just remember her from Horror. They're a married couple who go see this real estate guy. This real estate guy who's super fucking creepy. He takes them to this neighborhood that is so artificial that all the houses are green. The sky is fake. The clouds are fake, and basically abandons them in this home and they start to live this kind of suburban nightmare. It's like, it's like Barbie. (laughs) God, if Barbie was like this, I would freak the fuck out because this movie is insane. 
I I was telling Shelby, I told Shelby like the whole movie and she's and, and so when we were talking about some friends that, that I want to see it and engage with and and I go I don't think you watch this for entertainment. Right. <laughs> it's just a movie that has a message because it's not it I mean it's it's borderline horror at times cuz like they're sh- so so they can't escape this house. They can't get out of the neighborhood. They write messages on the roof. When they get to the roof, all they see are these fucking homes for forever. Uh, they they try to drive away. They they always end up at the same house. So they accept that and they start they they live there. And then they have food delivered to them that's like shrink wrapped and and very awful tasting. And so it's almost like you get like this you know commentary on suburbia. The the boxes being like Amazon boxes dropping off every day. Then they end up with a, a baby that they have to start taking care of. And the baby isn't really human. Uh, and yeah, so like you start to learn more of as as the baby just starts getting older really fast. And so at one point when it's like um, like maybe six or seven, it, it, it comes downstairs and just sits in a chair and screams. And the parents just start rushing around or the or the or the. the the leads start rushing around and fix him a bowl of cereal. And that's how he stops screaming. So they have to like, start understanding how this kid functions. So they quit screaming. So like, if you, if you really hated the kid in Babadook, this kid is a fucking close second because he screams a lot and it is piercing. Oh no. Uh, It is just this nightmare of suburbia. It is the, it is the live, laugh, love of horror. Uh, look, that that's kind of what suburbia is like. Exactly. Exactly. And it's great because, like, I saw this video once from this Amazon driver, and he goes, he goes, you know, I do the same route, and I deliver the same boxes to the same houses all the time. And I just want to let those people know you're not buying happiness. This isn't going to make you happy. Quit. It's not, you know, like he had this whole idea of who these people were based on this constant shopping habit wow but but yeah it's it's weird but people the the thing is you have to stick through it it's it's uh just a movie so you don't have to push through like episodes but to get to the end to see it resolve because there is a sequence where uh the mother uh, follows the son as the son becomes an adult because uh, she and he always stares at her and smiles real creepily like he it's it just creeps me the fuck out and uh, and so she chase she would chase him as he would like go to work or a job and then she finally catches him once and she goes through the vivarium or, or whatever this place is and so the payoff is for that uh, and see, you know, how it's resolved. But I definitely, I recommend it, but I re- don't recommend it as entertainment. <laughs> right. Just uh, so you can watch this going, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Just to see like their commentary on sub- the suburbs, parenthood, uh, consumerism, uh, all this shit like work. Uh, because like Jesse, Jesse Eisenberg's character uh, discover something so he feels like if i if i follow through with like he's digging this hole in the front yard i'll find us a way to get out of here and so that's kind of his job and he treats it like a job and it's interesting how that kind of impacts the story and their interactions and it's 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 odd because they you know they go looking for a place to live and they do have like one happy moment that's really interesting because that when you when you finish the movie you go oh but remember that scene <laughs> Like it's again, it's like it's not entertainment, but it's a good commentary on modern day culture. Well, I added it to the watch watch list, and whenever Netflix comes back into my streaming uh, life, I'll check it out. Yeah, I definitely want to talk about it when you see it, see it, because especially how it wraps up. Uh, so I finished watching based on a true story. It's pretty good. Okay, yeah, the the Hulu series. Yeah, I watched the the first season's over, and it's no, it's on Peacock. Oh, it's Peacock. Okay. Yeah, it's uh pretty pretty good. I mean, uh, 
I'll, they're making a serial killer podcast with the serial killer. <laughs> but it's done as like a comedy? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm in. So, yeah, it's it's pretty fun. And uh, they're supposed to have a, a season two. Well, whenever writers and actors come back, you know. Yeah, who, know, who knows when that's going to be. I'm worried about the kind of content that's going to be cranked out by these studios because it's just going to be shitty reality TV for a long time. Uh, the Golden Bachelor. <laughs> the Golden Bachelor. Have you heard about that? No, what is it? Uh, it's the Bachelor, but he's seventy-one. So Get the it, fuck out of here! No, no, I'm not kidding, man. I know. I'm looking at it. I'm like, <laughs> the first senior citizen, at seventy-one years old, Jerry Turner will be the uh, the first ever mature star. Uh huh. I mean, do, do people give a fuck about these people on these shows and the, yeah. if they're happy or not? Oh, yeah. Dude, they can't wait to watch it. This is so weird. Dude, people watch Naked and Afraid. Oh, I watch Naked and Afraid. Yeah, I mean, what are they doing? They watch Survivor. The, it, they it, watch... It, it's... It, yeah, they, well, they watch a show. That is, who are these? They're old people. I. I uh huh. Yeah, it, it's it, it's it's interesting because I watched it when I was in the hospital. Uh, uh, and it it you're you you have to people. be on a lot of medication to watch this. <laughs> no, because I think when well, actually, I guess I was on medication then too because I had a kidney stone. <laughs> When Shelby and I went down to Austin and we, we had like gotten some pizza, we're in our hotel room. I was like, what is this show? You know, what is it about? And so I watched a few episodes and I ended up binging it because it's fascinating to see people want to test their limits of their own self, no matter the cost. And the worst injury I saw in there was a guy fall out of a tree into a swamp and rip his sack open from the tree. And I'm like, and you know how much these people make? Nothing. Like 1200 bucks. 1200 bucks. Like that's nothing. fucking it. Yeah, like nothing. Reality stars make fucking shit. And this guy has been back like multiple times to be on the show and ripped his sack open and was in swamp water. And so they have a oh yeah, so they have a doctor that's like on standby. So they had someone come Yeah, out. witch doctor. <laughs> they had him spread eagle stitching his sack up because he wouldn't leave. He wouldn't leave for his the fucking $1,200. He wouldn't leave. And, and so they said, you can't get it in moisture. You can't go in the water. So he couldn't go on his normal fishing trips and shit like that. And I'm like going, why, dude? And it was just and like he has a family. He would leave to do this. And I'm like, it's just a a, a mental pursuit of, of just trying to be, I don't know, like see how far your body can take it. Uh, that's my new porn name, Stitch, Stitching My Sack Up. No, I was just talking about uh, Naked and Afraid has the wildest people who just want to test their limits. There's a woman I saw on there that they had to medically tap out. Like they had to just say, you have to leave or you could be in a condition where you would die here. Wow. Like she, and she told her backstory that she had uh, been a soldier in Afghanistan, had an IDE. Uh, her Jeep landed on her, the left side of her body. <laughs> she had, yeah, she had like all this, uh, shit happened to the left side of her body and so she is out you know naked in the woods uh freezing and she lost all feeling in her foot in her toes and so they were like you know trying to get responses and like she's having she's having two kinds of breakdown the physical breakdown of her body and the mental breakdown of the fact that she is not going to be able to continue and it is it is I guess it's fascinating and sad at the same time because I sat there and watched it. Of course <laughs> just, you did. 
but you're just like why would you put yourself through this like there's these it's just and it's it people, it's just, pe- look people want to be famous that's yeah, all that of this is people yeah, want they, to be famous but but people even do shit for less like it's weird cuz it's just people live stream their crimes there's just ridiculous uh, be- because they want to be famous yeah, that's such a weird fucking mindset. Like, Look, like did... we're doing this podcast because we want to be famous. Um, I don't know. I, I prefer <laughs> being left alone. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. Same here. I mean, I, if someone said, hey, like, we really like your reviews, would you do a weekly show and we pay you money? And I'd be like... Yeah, it's like a lot of work. Uh, seems like a lot of responsibility. No thanks. <laughs> I'll just keep doing this with Mark and just keeping it easy. Uh, yeah, because yeah, because then then you go. We want you to review these movies and say good things about them. Nope. Nope. Not gonna happen. What else you been watching? Uh, so I started watching Game of Thrones. Oh boy! Oh boy! How many? How far are you into it? Uh, maybe halfway through the first season. Okay, and so, how did you feel the transition between the first episode and what you've seen so far? Se- okay, seems about the same, you know. Okay, yeah, the first just sets you up for a lot of stuff, and it takes a while to kind of get to the stuff in the first episode. So huh. I just re- remember that taking a long time before you go, "Oh, that's what that was about." Yeah, yeah, well, I'm watching one episode a day, so it doesn't seem that long, you know. That That's good. That's good pacing. I'm really, because they yeah, do I, a lot I of great cliffhangers. I don't want to binge it, you know. Yeah. One a day is fine with me. Yeah, see, I, 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 I will binge a show. I don't know why I can't just, like, not like just put it off to the next one but it usually has to be a particular kind like i binged Nora Nora from queens because it's a comedy it's all short it's good you know it's constant good writing it's funny she had great guest stars uh some some episodes were so batshit insane but hilarious and worth getting through you know? yeah i binged the hell out of breaking bad Ooh, that's that's a it's lot of very, intensity. Very bingeable show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you get to the end and you want you can't. You you have to watch the next episode like right now. Yeah. Uh, then I watched the Meg. Oh my God, that movie is it's ridiculous. All, it's so good. Rain Wilson, Jason Statham. <laughs> trying to remember who else is in that. Uh, other people. Other people. Yeah. <laughs> but I love Rain Wilson be playing against type he, and just being crazy. Like, whoa, that's so whoa. fun. He's uh, Elon Musk in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's su- such a batshit movie, you know? Yeah. Uh, but oh, it was okay. Uh, then I watched Johnny Mnemonic. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Love Johnny and I, I haven't watched this since I walked out of the fucking theater. Uh, halfway through, going, This is the dumbest shit I've ever seen. And uh, so I reluctantly watched it, and uh, the second half wasn't that bad. Yeah, it's 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 a weird uh cyberpunk film but made during a certain time so it seems very like low tech dude he had he stores 300 320 gigs <laughs> i mean that's which least... you can now put in a uh let thumb me drive. see uh this thumb drive right here right in my hand has uh, 512 gigs. So, so that's more than Johnny himself. Yeah, bigger than his little brain implant. 
I mean, this the cast of this movie, Keanu Reeves, Dolph Lundgren, Dina Mayer, Ice-T, Henry Rollins. I Dude, mean, uh, Dolph Lundgren was crazy. I, I loved I, him as the crazy priest, yeah. man. It was fucking awesome. Yeah, uh, Ice-T's even pretty good, you know? Yeah, he's like some sort of cyberpunk rebel. Yeah, and then, uh, Henry Walt Rollins is like a... He used to be a doctor, now he's a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I had just come off of seeing Henry Rollins in Heat, so was Heat right around the same time? Uh, this was, I think, uh, 2006 or 2004 or something like No, 1994, was, I think. Heat, Heat is 1995, and Johnny Mnemonic is 95. Yeah, okay. Oh, wow. Fucking insane. And then I watched uh, Dunkirk. Well, I, I I was going to drop this in on the Johnny Mnemonic. Did you hear about Dolph Lundgren? Uh, what? He married his personal trainer. Huh. She's 27. Like, apparently, he's kind of sick. And good for so, him. Good for him. Yeah. yeah she's tw- he's 65. She's 27. He, he's got cancer, and I think it's pretty bad. Look, he, maybe he just needed someone to leave his money to. You know, <laughs> what a way to go out and said, Hey, you hot girl, come here. Uh, <laughs> do you want a bunch of money to screw me till I die? Uh, <laughs> make but, sure I die hard, but uh, oh, yeah. Uh, but um, long run, he he, I think he was a uh, what is he, uh, like a, a scientist or something. Yeah, yeah, like he has a PhD in, uh, let me see here, he he attended the Royal Institute of Technology, the University of Sydney and Washington State University, um, where's his degrees? I, I think it's in like a biotech or a biology or something. Yeah, he's a smart motherfucker, uh-huh. he isn't just, he isn't just Rocky's, uh, uh, spoil. Uh, yeah, Dr. Dolph. <laughs> That's Dr. Dolph to you, motherfuckers. Uh, yeah, Dunkirk was good. I, I'm on a. a I wanted to watch a, a, a Christopher Nolan movie, and that's a pretty good one. Yeah, I mean, that's. God, it's so hard to, like, really pick out excellence in filmmaking when you're talking about his movies, because that movie. They're, is, they're all great. They're all great. Like,. And, and uh, I see, mean, we talked about he, the Dark Knight on my other show. Even and, following is excellent. Yeah. You need to see following. Following, okay. Yeah, it's really good. And then this morning I watched uh, King Kong from 1933. Oh, original. Dude, amazing special effects for 1933. No, yeah, I think I, I think people forget about like what they had to do to make that happen and that, yeah. get that look. Yeah, it's uh, just pretty fucking incredible when you it, think it, about it. It's ninety it, years old. Yeah, it, it blows my mind. The kids these days with uh, welcome to old man segment. Kids these days who call shit mid, like like it's just average, and I'm like. They just don't have an appreciation for the history of film. Well, and they, starting they with don't King have... Kong, it, it's like fucking amazing to see like that kind of thing brought to life. Imagine you're a kid in that day going to the movies for the first time and you see this fucking gorilla on screen. And, like and dinosaurs and a pterodactyl and just incredible. Oh, yeah, just the career of Ray Harryhausen. Just all the stop-motion shit he did up to Clash of the Titans. Because that even blew my mind to see the skeletons in that when I was a kid. Uh, the skeletons in uh, Jason the Argonauts was always my favorite. All right, yeah. Yeah, I used to uh, check that movie out over and over again. You know, I don't know what it was with Clash of the Titans, but because that was like my go-to film for like mythology, and then it just had this robot 
owl in it, which was right. <laughs> like, like they had to have a sidekick. We're going to make this robot owl. Uh, so have you watched anything else? Yeah, I watched 65. Oh uh, yeah. The, I saw yeah. that in the theater. Oh, you did? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Uh, um, you know, it's okay. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, hey, I mean, it's kind of a low budget sci-fi. But yeah, but it's fun. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of these movies where it's uh, a situation. I mean, you might as well go back to like uh, you know Alien when Ripley protecting Newt. You know, uh-huh. you've got all these stories with the the action hero and then the kid. You know, Pedro Pascal expel. Uh, you know, uh, does that in two different series. So you have this, but with dinosaurs. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And he, the problem fun. is. Yeah, he can't communicate with her very well. And so instead of learning he, his her language at all, he just forces English on her, and he's, like, trying to explain. And he'll yell it. Right. <laughs> but he's a great actor. Oh, yeah, and, I agree. And I think that's what makes this above average for what it is. Yeah, because I really you, enjoyed it. Yeah, you really, I mean, you buy into his care for her, his fear, uh, his wanting to protect her when he makes certain decisions. Like, he makes the movie a whole level better than it should be. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, it's a, it's a good film. Uh, what is it on Netflix? Yeah. Yeah, a buddy of mine bought me a six-month subscription for free, so I'm trying to watch everything that I can on it. But what bums me out is, like, most of the shit they have now is, like, an eight-episode series. And it's like, well, I want to watch a 90-minute movie. And it's like, those don't exist anymore. Dude, the best thing on Netflix is The Man in the High Castle. Oh, no, that's on Amazon. Oh, well, okay. The best thing (laughs) on Amazon is The Man in the High Castle. I don't know if I could ever bring myself to watch that it's, after reading the book. Dude, I, I read the book in high school. But, oh, wow. Wow. But, yeah, but, uh, dude, it's so good. It's so good. I just, how did they, so, in the, like, just, we're going to wreck the spoilers for this, for that book. Uh-huh. But the guy discovers that he's like within a story. How does the TV show play out? Does he figure out that he's in a TV show? How does it continue every season? Plus, uh, it has a lot of Nazi shit in it. I just don't think I want to watch. It's uh, not a TV show in the show. So it's just a story. It's just a different uh, timeline. Where the Nazis and the Japanese uh, win the war because yeah. the Nazis get a nuclear bomb and they bomb Washington, D.C. Yeah. And then uh, this American who is like in the U.S. military, he becomes like the head of the Nazis in the United States. And it... it Shows things like his son has a genetic problem and he has to ship him off uh, to where he they can't kill him. Oh, because they don't allow any weakness. All right. So, yeah, man, I totally recommend Man the High Castle. Stephen Root is just fantastic in it. How many seasons are there? I think four. God damn! It's really good. Yeah, I don't, what do you what do you think Philip K. Dick would think about uh, all his adaptations? Um, he will like. Uh, I mean, his family made money. Yeah, you know, so uh, he can't be that upset. Yeah. I, I just know, like, Blade Runner is so different from the book and uh, uh, Man in the High Castle being a TV series that goes four seasons is so weird compared to the ending of what the book is. And, yeah. Uh, um, shit, what's the animated one uh, with Keanu Reeves? Uh, Scanner and, Darkly. Scanner Darkly, to me, is, like, one 
really underrated of his that uh-huh. no one really talks about that's fucking fantastic. Yeah, I really like that. Uh, so, did you watch anything else? Uh, nope. That, that was it. Uh, so I have some news. Yeah. Uh, they're making an American Psycho, uh, Psycho sequel comic. Why? Um, it's, <laughs> and, uh, they're, uh, it's going to bring back the Patrick Wilson character. Uh, with uh, the likeliness of Christian Bale. I I just don't understand it. I don't think people really got the first film at all. I love that movie. Yeah, but I... There there is a group on the internet that seems to idolize. Well, they're they're incels. Yeah. Yeah, they don't understand the film and and what it's really saying and stuff. So it's just fucking weird that people like sometimes don't get Tyler Durden isn't the hero of the story. Right. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So next week we're going to watch Demonoid from 1981. Oh, that's the perfect decade of film. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, so, uh, get ready for that. <laughs> and then, have we decided on one after that? Have, Not uh, yet. Okay, then I'll, I'll find something. Okay. Tubi, Tubi seems to be the treasure trove of everything. The, Tubi, uh, I mean, they're killing it in the streaming wars right now because they have the best catalog for people that want horror or people that you know i mean it's incredible when you really think about it yeah i mean they they have so much horror that anytime i'm looking up like obscure stuff like all these uh uh william um the, the guy who directed Mako. yeah most of uh, most of all of his films are on uh uh tubi yeah, and like right now, I think uh, uh, Goodfellas is on there. All kinds of, uh, you know, uh, stuff people people uh, really love is on there. Yeah. Boyhood is on there. Yeah, and you know, and for us, I mean, you hear people say, "I'm not watching something that have commercials," and and we grew up. There were commercials every 10 minutes, and yeah. it took th- four minutes for them to go. And on Tubi, you have a commercial maybe every 20 minutes, and it's yeah, like it's not th- 30 seconds long. Yeah, their commercials are not a problem at all. No, no, but... Uh, you know, people just uh, complain or they, they're they used to it, you know? I will say, though, if it does place a commercial at a an opportune moment, it's always funny then. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's funny. You know? It'll be like everyone's shock and awe face, and then it goes to a commercial for some sort of, like, ED pill. Yeah, but uh, some of the 2B stuff... Are bad scans and stuff transfers, yeah. but low most, quality. Most of the time, it's pretty good stuff. Yeah, I saw a news story on them the other day because uh, they have slowly built a huge uh, uh, black audience from just new black filmmakers oh, yeah. getting on Tubi. So they have tons of uh, of different stories and films that I see are Tubi originals. Uh, yeah, no, I agree that, uh, I'll check out, uh, see if I can find the godmothers. Okay. Now, I, <laughs> as soon as I talk about it, then it's suggested in black cinema. I'm going to have to say, I might watch season one of Hoochie Daddies. Hoochie Daddies. Hoochie Daddies is apparently a show that exists that <laughs> this year that's on Tubi. Wow. That sounds like a lot of fun. 
Oh, but man, look at the fucking movies they have. Uh, Train to Busan, Reanimator, uh, Return of the Living Dead, Girl with the Gifts is really good. And for some reason, Plan 9 in Outer Space in color. Uh, why? Who knows? Uh, so we'll see everybody next week on the show. See ya. See ya.